Good morning, and welcome to Current Radio. It's Monday, December 25th. Today, we'll be taking a first look at nine new IndieBio NY companies set to present to VCs next month and discussing how Salesforce found stability in 2023 after escaping the jaws of activists. Plus, India's Ola Electric is filing for a $662 million IPO, and Spotify begins disinvesting in France in response to a new music streaming tax. All this coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Technology Station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. IndieBio, a startup accelerator focusing on biology-based solutions, has been expanding its operations and is now preparing to introduce a new batch of startups to investors. Celeste, can you give us a sneak peek into these startups? Absolutely, James. IndieBio has a diverse range of startups working on everything from agriculture and diagnostics to carbon and methane upcycling and cancer therapeutics. Let's start with Freezent Biological Solutions. They're developing bispecific antibodies to target dormant cancer cells that have survived chemotherapy and might cause recurrence. Their approach is to block metabolism in these dormant cells to prevent their reactivation and survival. That's fascinating. What about the other startups? Shia's BioLimited is working on sustainable alternatives to animal proteins in skincare and hair care products. They've developed a molecular platform for creating multifunctional, animal-free proteins. L'Oreal is already buying what they're selling, and they plan to expand beyond cosmetics and replace animal proteins in pharmaceuticals and the food industry. Then there's Ernest Agriculture, which has designed a microbial consortium to protect crops against diseases, pests, and drought, while improving soil health. This can boost yields, reduce synthetic chemical use, and make crops more resilient to climate change. That's quite a range of innovative solutions. Can you tell us about the rest? Sure, James. Biometallica is focusing on e-waste, specifically the billions of dollars of recoverable materials that are lost when electronics are discarded. They've developed an eco-friendly solution using genetically modified bacteria to recover rare metals from e-waste. Affinia has created a blood test for diagnosing endometriosis early, with results available in days. They plan to offer this through clinics and home collection kits next year. And they're also planning to build a digital platform for diagnostics, virtual care, and prescription deliveries for endometriosis and other conditions. These startups are certainly addressing some pressing issues. What about the final three? CarbonBridge is working on a microbial process that upcycles carbon dioxide and methane into liquid methanol, which could help meet EU emissions standards. Equor has discovered marine microbes that produce molecules that eliminate bacterial slime in minutes, which could reduce the costs and environmental impact of water treatment. Unibio has developed a natural microparticle that can supercharge biological crop protectants, potentially reducing the need for conventional chemical products by up to 80%. Finally, TerraBio Industries has developed a platform for upcycling brewer's spent grain, a beer byproduct, into edible sugars and proteins. These startups are certainly pushing the boundaries of innovation in their respective fields, and it will be interesting to see how they develop and what impact they might have on our world. In the same vein of business news, despite a turbulent start to the year, Salesforce has managed to end the year on a high note, with its stock up over 96% year-to-date. Celeste, can you walk us through the roller coaster ride Salesforce has had this year? Absolutely, James. The year began on a shaky note for Salesforce with the sudden departure of co-CEO Brett Taylor, who was speculated to be the successor to Mark Benioff. This was followed by the resignation of Slack CEO and co-founder Stuart Butterfield. 
these back-to-back executive exits were a significant blow to the company. That's quite a double whammy. But it didn't stop there, did it? Indeed, it didn't. The company then faced pressure from activist investors, including Elliott Management, Starboard Value, Value Act Capital, Inclusive Capital, and Third Point. These investors typically have strong opinions on how to fix a company, and Salesforce was no exception. The company responded by bringing in three new board members, one of whom was Mason Morfitt, CEO and Chief Investment Officer of Value Act, one of the activist investors. That's a strategic move. But I understand there were also some cost-cutting measures? Yes, Salesforce announced a 10% workforce cut, which amounted to around 7,000 employees. The company claimed it was a correction for overhiring during the pandemic, but it could also have been a concession to the activist investors. However, reports suggest that the layoffs were not handled well, and the company's reputation as a progressive, employee-friendly organization took a hit. That's quite a tumultuous year. But despite all this, Salesforce's stock has risen significantly. What do you make of this? It's a testament to Salesforce's resilience and its strong product portfolio. Despite the internal shakeups and external pressures, the company has managed to stay financially robust. It's a reminder that while leadership and company culture are important, they are just one part of the equation. At the end of the day, a company's financial health is often tied to its products and services, and Salesforce continues to be a leader in the CRM space. That's a great point, Celeste. It's been a year of highs and lows for Salesforce, but it seems they've managed to weather the storm. It'll be interesting to see how they continue to navigate these challenges in the coming year. In other business news, India's Ola Electric is seeking to raise $661.8 million through an initial public offering, according to draft papers filed with the country's market regulator. This comes on the heels of the startup raising $384 million from Temasek and the State Bank of India in a funding round in late October. Celeste, can you give us more details about this? Certainly, James. The startup, which was valued at $5.4 billion in the October financing, is targeting a valuation of $6.5 billion to $8 billion in the IPO. The company also plans to sell about 95.2 million shares from existing investors and shareholders, including founder Bhavish Agarwal, Alpha Wave Ventures, Tiger Global, Matrix Partners, and SoftBank. Interesting. And what does Ola Electric plan to do with the proceeds from this IPO? The startup plans to use approximately $150 million of the total proceeds to expand the manufacturing capacity of its electric vehicle cell factory from 5 gigawatt hours to 6.4 gigawatt hours. It's part of a larger plan for major EV expansion into cars, batteries, and cells with a large manufacturing hub in India. Agarwal aims to produce the company's own two-wheelers, cars, and lithium cells. That's quite ambitious. Can you tell us a bit more about Ola Electric's journey so far? Ola Electric, led by Bhavish Agarwal, emerged out of the ride-hailing giant Ola in 2019. The two firms continue to share a number of resources. Despite its losses standing at $176 million in the fiscal year 2023, Ola Electric has made significant strides in the EV market. This year, it launched several new lower-priced variants of its flagship S1 electric scooter model and an upgraded version, commanding about 35% of the EV scooter market share in India. Its IPO is the first by a two-wheeler maker in the country in over 15 years. That's quite a feat, but the startup also listed several risk factors in its report, didn't it? Yes, indeed. The startup mentioned that if the government stops giving incentives to local electric vehicle makers, it could pose a risk. There's also the possibility of undergoing many key managerial changes. The company also highlighted a high employee attrition rate. It's clear that Ola Electric is making significant strides in the EV market. 
but it also has its share of challenges, and it will be interesting to see how this plays out in the coming months. In a different sector, Spotify is taking a stand against a new tax law in France, which imposes a levy on all music streaming services. The proceeds of this tax will go towards the Centre National de la Musique, a body established to support the French music sector. In response, Spotify has announced it will withdraw support for two music festivals in France. Celeste, can you give us more details on this? Certainly, James. Antoine Mona, the managing director for Spotify in France and the Benelux regions, has been quite vocal about this new tax. He's called it a real blow to innovation and hinted that Spotify will be making further moves in response. The first of these moves is the withdrawal of support for Francofolies de la Rochelle and the Printemps de Bourges festivals starting from 2024. Spotify has been financially supporting these festivals and providing on-the-ground resources. This isn't the first time Spotify has taken a stand against new regulations, is it? No, it's not. Spotify was recently in a dispute with the Uruguayan government over a new law promising fair and equitable remuneration for all artists involved in a recording. Spotify argued that the law would require it to pay right shoulders twice for the same tracks. However, the company reversed its decision to cease operations in Uruguay when the government assured that music streaming platforms wouldn't have to cover any extra costs resulting from the law. But France is a different case, isn't it? France is likely a much larger market for Spotify, so pulling out may not be an option. That's correct, James. Antoine Monin has hinted that Spotify's plan of action will likely involve reallocating resources to other markets. He stated in an interview that while Spotify will be able to absorb this tax, it will disinvest in France and invest in other markets instead, arguing that France does not encourage innovation and investment. This is a significant move by Spotify, and it will be interesting to see how this plays out in the coming months. Thanks for the insights, Celeste. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today on Current Radio, looking forward to bringing you more updates tomorrow.